there, my little geeklings, and welcome to another episode of Two Geeks Talk Movies. I am your host, John, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Joe. Hey. Hey there. So, how are you then? I'm really good. Yourself? Yeah. Can't complain, but hey-ho. Yeah. Uh, right, tonight we are looking at a quirky claymation movie, which is way off the wall and bittersweet, shall we call it? Mm. A little known because this thing unfortunately tanked. It is Max and Mary, or Mary and Max rather, which was out in 2009. So, when would you first watch this thing? Um, about two days ago. Okay, then. okay. I watched this, oh god, when was it now? About 2012, I think it was. It was on film four, lay very late at night, and I caught the last hour of it. And wow. I fell in love with this thing and hunted it down and found it was very rare mm-hmm. and I luckily found it in HMV for I think it was like 12 quid on DVD wow. so I bought this thing and watched it and I think since about 10 times now Wow, I mean 12 quid is a bargain because I, yes. I was going to buy an actual copy of this because um, when you suggested it you were telling me obviously about it I thought, sounds really good that sounds like one to have in the, you know, the DVD collection just mm-hmm. for like a rainy day and yeah, they were pushing, shall we say, 20, 25 quid for a copy Jeez. of this. So I think what got out on it. Mm, yeah, I mean, I did read a couple of years ago that this thing only had a limited release of about 100,000 copies. So that's why they're pushing a price on it, the son of a bitches. But, mm, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I say, I own this thing on DVD and there's little to no information on this bloody DVD at all. It basically... The director's a bit of a prankster, and he likes to put ridiculous pieces of information all throughout the the movie and as such. Like, for instance, the water in this is not water, it's lube. <laughs> so, I mean, there we have that one. Wow. I mean, it's, it's quite interesting. Basically, this guy, uh, what's his name, Adam Elliott, mm-hmm. won an Oscar for his little claymation short called Harvey Crumpet which was several years before this. Wow. And apparently he does a, a project every seven to ten years. So expect a new movie coming out pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, so, so we're overdue a new one? Mm, well, actually, there was another one after Mary and Max, but nobody heard of that one. So mm, mm. there should be one. It was 2012 that one came out, so it should be one around about now. So, mm. Now, yeah. Mm. I mean, with a teeny... Tiny little budget of 8.2 million Australian dollars, mind. Uh-huh. Uh, this thing pulled in 1.6 million American dollars. Yikes. I mean, like I says, this wasn't given a very wide release. No. And hardly anyone saw this thing, which is such a shame because this is such a, a little sweet movie, you know? Mm. Yeah, it's adorable in its own little quirky way, isn't it? I mean, it's a shame it tanked because I wonder if it's the fact that it claymation and not very many people are keen on claymation, especially if they're not kiddie movie or mm. but the subject matter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's personal, I think it's the subject matter because this mm. whole Asperger stuff was a hot button topic and it still is to this day. Yeah. So maybe it's a subject matter. Also, there's the whole. Um, suicide and the whole depression stuff and mm. the such so it's kind of very hot topic I mean I'm not sure how this one would fit in this super soft society 
Yeah, um, I think if it was um, released today, cancel culture would sadly see it not make it to Christmas. Mm, 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, the interesting things I found out about this movie while watching the uh, actually listening listen to the director's commentary was these are not claymation figures. Only the face and hands are. The rest of it are plastic. <laughs> wow. The so, bodies and hands are plastic. So would that make would that make it a miniature of stop motion and claymation then? Uh, yes, yes, uh, yes, and everything. Cool. Yeah, and everything I think is real. The typewriter is real. The little shopping trolley is real. The TV wow. is real. Wow. <laughs> um, the cigarettes are real cigarettes, but it's a fiber optic light and not a actual uh-huh. cigarette. So, hmm. but everything wow. is real. The sets are real. Nothing is fake. Yeah, I mean you can yeah. tell that those sets had me pausing the screen just to admire them for a bit longer. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So let's um, <clears throat> dig into this one then, shall we? Starring Tony Collette, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Eric Banner, and Barry Humphreys. Directed by, as I said, Adam Elliott. The plot The tale of two pen pals spanning over 20 years. One is a shy, friendless Australian girl living in the suburbs of Melbourne. And the other is an obese New Yorker with Asperger's and some weird luck. The two swap advice and become lifelong friends. So will these two unlikely friends ever meet in face-to-face? Let us find out here. Basically, let's put somebody there, basically. I mean, mm. so let's talk about right off the bat, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, Max. Yes, I've got to see Mary. <laughs> Max. <laughs> now, I've never actually met anybody with this severe level of, of Asperger's. Is this correct? Yes. I mean, you, you have met one person, um, Lynette, uh girl we used to work with. Sure. She, uh, she got Asperger's. Yeah, but it's not as severe as, as his. No, maybe. it's not as severe as his, but um, it, he, I do have a few cousins with the... Um, with varying degrees of autism, and at least two of them have got Asperger, and he does get the representation of it, you know, quite close to the bone. Okay, okay. So, because, yeah. like I says, I read online that unfortunately this gets a bad rep from the Asperger's Society, saying that this is completely wrong. You're mocking Asperger's. I think <sighs> it could be seen. I think it's the way because when I watched this the other day for the very first time um, and I first uh, showed um, Maxie's first meltdown and he was standing on that chair and I'm going well, that's wrong like, then it dawned on me every single person uh, different to their for every kind of type of mm. autistic breakdown would be different so I yes. think they just went with license there and watched people let's have them do it on a hymn so I can see why because uh, I think like any other society they kind of like to try and box their no meltdowns come this form and it's like well no that doesn't you can't just stick one person into the same you know box as everyone else mm. so mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I have actually met somebody who did have a problem with trying to decipher people's reactions to stuff, mm-hmm. and it didn't get satire at all. So yes, maybe. Um, yeah. But uh, the whole thing where he has a book where he has to figure out what the expressions are to tell yeah. him what it was was a bit much to me. I'm thinking that. Yeah, a little bit. 
I, I've never, I've never known that with any of the autistic people. I mean, I imagine it must go on somewhere, but there's some people form of Asperger are so severe that yeah, they do have, they almost need a reminder as to what a happy, and what a sad um, expression look like. Like, mm. mm-hmm. I, I've never met anyone that severe, and a couple of my cousins have fairly severely autistic and things. So. Mm. Okay. But okay. never met anyone that severe where they have to actually need little flashcards to remind themselves. Mm, yeah, I, th- I mean, that's, that's what got me thinking that's a bit too far. Mm. I mean, like I said, I know somebody who did have it and it was, oh, you don't get a satire. They take the world straight. You know, yeah, they there's no... take everything literally. Yeah, yep. literally, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, um, what's his name, Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh-huh. A bit like that, you know. So, hmm. so let's talk about the other half of this movie, Mary, voiced by Tony Claret, the great Tony Claret, shall we add? <laughs> she gets bullied because she's got a birthmark on her forehead. I'm thinking uh, that's a bit of a lousy excuse for, for a bully. Then I'm thinking, no, this is in the 70s. That's a perfect excuse. <laughs> I mean, let's face it, their children, children don't need any excuse to be fucking bullied, do they? Mm, yeah, that's very true. That's very. I mean, let's face it. She gets bullied for the fact a birthmark, the fact that a mother can't mend her own clothes properly, and she probably mm. gets bullied for the fact her mother an alcoholic, although yes. it's not mentioned. Yeah, a chain smoking. Oh, that's actually mentioned. Yeah. Mentioned the fact that the mother drinks. No, no, I'm saying that it's not mentioned when it's shown the bullying. It's not mentioned oh, right, by right, the okay. bully, but it probably is, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, that's very true. Although, did you catch the fact that? Each world is a different colour. Like yes. Mary's world is so brown and Max's world is so black and white or grey. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I love that. The whole, it's just spot right down the middle and, and it's kind of weird. Yeah, it's uh, almost like Mary's world has still got some hope left in it because, you know, there's these different shades of brown and tan and things like that. Mm. But then there's the upbeat, uh, music is playing in the background where like you say Max's is the polar opposite it's black and greys and it mm-hmm. this kind of warped creepy slow music they play and they mm-hmm. walk slower they have everything more of a chore mm. yeah. well he does say he is a beast and yeah. he's dangerous a beast so I'm guessing that's why he's so slow although I'm yeah. glad you brought up the fact the music because that song is stuck in my head that's such an earworm of a song. <laughs> yeah. And I love the fact how this is a mixture of classical music and mm-hmm. rock-esque music, you know, mm. which is quite a good, I thought. Quite a good mix to throw in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, I will say right off the bat, apparently this um, Australian suburb is Mount Waverley, which apparently is real. So I'm not sure if that's because I'm not actually set foot in Australia, so I have no, no idea. Neither, but, neither have I. Mm. And as this is set in 76 to start with, and, and we meet Mary Dinkle as she's getting, I don't know what it was, what was she doing? Uh, getting set to school by the yeah. mother who's not back a bottle of sherry, which I love. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, she's just testing it, really. <laughs> testing it. Tested it and borrowing the grocery. Yes, I was like, okay, yeah. All the life parents tell the children. I was like, okay. Mm. Mm. I mean, it's like, 
Although it kind of broke my heart when she's at the post office and she picks up a yellow pages and just rips out a, a, a page and it's a random address and it actually happened to be Max's address in mm. New York and the mother's <clears throat> a borrowing, oh she borrowing envelopes and stamps envelopes and things, yeah and she writes to, to Max saying quote I'm a lonely 8 year old girl with eyes the colour of puddles and a birthmark on my forehead the colour of a pea I am wishing I had a true friend is mm. that like broke my heart when I first I watched this thing I was like oh my god this is so sad it's yeah bit- it, 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 um, again, Joanne. Um, <laughs> it made, yeah, it made me um a little bit, you know, teary as well. The many parts of this movie that that had me almost in tears. But yeah, that dark bit where she's like just randomly going in, almost like going in. I mean, I need that one, and you know, it just happened to be Max, and then she's like, "Well, I'm lonely, and that's what I look like," and I'm like, "Shit, man." Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I also love the fact how she only has one hobby, hobby rather, and that's watching the noblets, mm. which are weird. I don't know what you call these things, frogs. Shall we go with frogs? I mean, it seems politer than anything mm. I could probably think of. I mean, are the toads or frogs or something? But I have no idea. But uh, it kind of it, it upset me a bit when it showed that all the toys were handmade from yes. her from yes. garbage because yes. let's face it her father was probably hempet to some degree and that's why he had in the shed we yeah. taxed him and his mother didn't spend money unless she was buying sherry so yes yes exactly exactly i mean i got you brought up the mother uh, the, the, the father rather i've got down here mary's life is kind of like charlie from charlie's robot factory her father works in a low-paying dead-end job mm. she has no friends and she's a very highly active imagination. He yeah. works uh, as a in a tea, um, a tea factory, stitching the uh, the strings on things of Earl Grey. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love the the little magic she has of Earl Grey with all the babies and the pugs. I mean, I thought that was quite sweet. Yeah, that was quite you know just marry marry a very own Earl Grey. I thought that was you know quite quite sweet, quite childlike as well mm-hmm. to think I'm gonna marry whoever. Um, I like how she wanted to go uh, go live in a big Scottish castle. I was thinking, yeah, <laughs> yes. don't we all love? Oh uh, yes, don't we all? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. We do find out that her only friend was her grandfather who died of pneumonia uh, mm. due to being an ice diver, and that was kind of hilariously tragic. You know, that I was mean, that that was tragic, but um, also had me. Almost on stitches, cause I could just all I could think was, especially when it revealed that he died, was well, all that wild women <laughs> isn't good for you after all, you know? Yeah, I mean, like I say, you shouldn't laugh at it, but it's hilarious. It's just ridiculous. It's like, God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, but the animation that it gives when he him um, playing in the effect the water has on his nipple, just that was it. I had to pause it for about five minutes and just laugh. I was like, mm-hmm. come on. Yeah, I mean, it's utterly ridiculous. It's like, oh, dear God. So let's talk about the mother. Where am I? Vera Lorraine Dinkle, a voice by Rene Greer. Mm. She is a complete and utter lush. She is nothing but a walking sherry bottle. <laughs> Plus, did you catch she looks like Dame Edna? Yes, the glasses. Uh, yes, the glasses <laughs> and the makeup and the whole... I was, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, by the way, this is narrated 
by Barry Humphreys, a.k.a. Damien Dervich. Yeah. A.k.a. Australia's most famous drag queen. Yeah. Take that. Uh, what the hell is that drag queen called from RuPaul's Drag Race? Um, oh, know. shit. Are struggling. you thinking the, the oh, what's her name? Courtney something? Yeah, Courtney Act. Yeah, Courtney Act. Courtney Act. I mean, Courtney Act is great, but yeah. She's got a bit of competition if she wants to beat mm. Barry, let's face it. Mm. I mean, I love the fact how they say like, she, the mother can't cook and she keeps on putting like fag ash, or cigarette ash rather, in the cooking and, and leaving cigarette butts in, in the cooking. I was like, mm. oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I love the fact she's sitting on, on the couch. I'm testing the sherry, it's okay. <laughs> she's just completely plastered. It's like, oh, God. Oh. Good. Oh my god! It's just, I mean, I see the mother had me utterly howling. I mean, oh, before she's... before the mother even opened her mouth, we just saw that image of her. I was gone. I was like, we're crying out loud. Yeah, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Mm. I'm, I'm best at, I know something like that. My aunties were like that. <laughs> oh no, no, I'm, 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 I'm not, I'm not, I'm not drunk. I'm just testing it to see if it's okay. I'm like, mm-hmm, with a cigarette, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Cigarette with a big long about six inch fucking uh, cigarette ash thing. Oh, how the fuck's that not falling off? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what my auntie used to say to my cousin when they were a lot younger? <laughs> she used to just tell him because she used to drink red red wine by the by the bottle. But when she poured it into a glass, she used to just say, "It's just mummy's grapefruit. <laughs> You've got the same and give him like grape juice." And she'd be sitting oh, there yeah. drinking. Like, yeah, that's not funny. I mean, I can come. <laughs> I actually had an aunt who used to drink her, what was it she was drinking? Holston Pilts, which is a Scottish wow. um, stout, I guess for our, our non-Scottish mm. listeners. Um, and she had it in a, in a mug, you know. In a mug? Her, yes, it was her special tea. It's like, oh, for God's sake. Yeah. Oh, that is no. oh, so, so wrong, so disgusting. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, so we find that like, Mary's only joy in the world is cans of condensed milk. Mm-hmm. While watching the Noblets, mm-hmm. uh, she also has a pet cockerel, Ethel. I'm going, why is the cockerel called Ethel? Ethel, yeah. I was like, why is that? What, what? And said, nah, I can't talk. I've got a boy in middle. Me and my father were cruel. But I was like, yeah, but why would you call your, your animal like the opposite? Oh, anyway, moving on. Mm. Especially about where she goes, he, um, he's not laid an egg, but he will one day. I was like, you'll get no chance of him laying an egg. <laughs> 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 yeah, the sale it fell off the back of a, a truck or something like that, and yeah, she it was going it. to the uh, slaughterhouse. My father just found it and thought that'll keep Mary company. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, she's Mary... lucky they didn't stuff it and put it in the shed. Let's face it. Yes, yeah, yeah. I was going to go back to the father's weird obsession with stuffing mm. animals with them um, various things. I'm going, ooh, get in. I mean, um, what's going to say? Another few, uh. Shit, I was going to say something. Oh, yeah. Um, her other hobby is shrinking things. Apparently, it's a real thing to do, like shrinking crisp packets and such. I didn't know you could do that. I know you can no. buy the shrink wrap stuff that you you colour your design on and put in the oven and then comes out and you can apparently make key rings. I've never tried it. I'm scared of burning my house down, but mm. I know you can do that. Mm. According to the director, this is a very assuring thing to do, is to shrink something down. So, mm. there about that one. Wow. Apparently, when this thing was released, he got thousands of emails saying, I'm Mary, basically. I'm a, <laughs> a loner with no friends, and I, I like to, to I like to shrink things. Mm, mm. Wow. So, yeah. 
Hmm. Basically, I've got down here, the Nautilus are basically the Smurfs, but they're brown, not blue, because copyright <laughs> infringement. <laughs> yeah, big good point. <laughs> mm. Mm. So let's get back to to Max, uh, who's in, in New York, because you're sugar. In New York, it says here he is 44 when he first gets that letter. He is obese, a Jewish loner with Asperger's, mm. and he also loves the Noblets. So this is a, that's a connection in life, the Noblets. Yeah. Um, it turns out his only friends are his pet fish, goldfish, Henry, <laughs> that he goes through about, what, 12 in this movie? <laughs> it's ridiculous yeah. that they all die. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> we first see it, and it's like Henry VIII, and I'm like, oh, that's mm. quite, quite cool. He named the fish after a, a very late French, uh, English king, and then it's like, no. Yeah, and then it'll die in weird ways, like in a toaster, and one gets boiled, and it's like, oh my god. One jumps out the window trying to mm. catch a fly. Oh my god. He's got, yeah, uh, Maxie's other hobby is catching flies for the fish. He just pulls them out of the air. I'm like, oh god, that is. Wow. Wow. Very Mr. Miyagi, isn't it? From, yes, um, I yeah, I was going to say, it's very cricket. I'm like, oh yeah. my God. But yeah, I'm going, he just snatches flies out of the air and feeds them to his fish. Wow. Yeah, just, you know, yikes. Oh God. Uh, I've got down here, that all the water in this is either lube, glass beads, or it's, um, what's it called, stuff, bubble wrap. Yeah, I suppose it showed up better for the type of film than mm. making. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've got down here, Mary's written to that. I've done that one. Oh, yes. Q, uh, the younger Mary, voiced by Bethany Whitmore. I should write to, to Max, because I, um, it's not played by... Um, um, fuck, I forgot her body name now. By Tony Collette, until yeah. about 40 minutes into this thing. It's actually mm. voiced by this little girl, who was, I think she was about eight or nine at the time. Wow. Because they tried to hire an actress to play younger, but you could tell me it's an adult voice, so they got this little girl. Mm. And this was our big break. Wow. So that'd be that one. Oh yeah, I love the fact too the Australian postage stamp has the Madness face on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why not? And just mm. if we've got our queen, I'm, I'm supposed to get theirs. <laughs> mm. Well, technically it should be the same queen, but then we have that one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so back in New York, weeks later, Max finally gets the letter, and it's a Thursday, the one day Max hates because of overeating anonymous meetings, mm. and he hates going to these these meetings, so he eats two large chocolate hot dogs, and I'm going, what the fuck, a whole chocolate bar and a gigantic hot dog bun, and yeah. he calls it a chocolate dog, I'm going... Chocolate hot dog. Yeah, it just mm. sounds horrible, doesn't it? But then I suppose like we've all got our weird little, almost like weird food combo in a way that we like, and that's just her. Mm. That's very true. That's very, very true. I mean, yeah, there's some weird and wonderful uh, combinations out there, but by that one. Yeah. But I don't see the, the point of eating a, a hot dog bun with a large bar of chocolate. I mean, mm. mm. Starch and sweet? No, I can't. I couldn't have done that. I couldn't do that. And but then again, I don't. I don't like chocolate. I don't eat it. Yeah, I love chocolate myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but I suppose it's, I suppose the way people think that deep fried mappa again, never had one. Don't eat chocolate. Mm. No, certainly that, wouldn't eat it deep fried. But 
No, there's huh? some there's some chip shops that sell them. Oh, I thought there was a myth. Mm. No, one not far away from me sells it sells it as a supper. Come for come for us. You can get chips of ice cream. I'm like you're taking the freaking piss, so you know. Mm. Mm, exactly. But same with um, deep fried pizzas. Mm. I mean, there's an interesting taste combination. That it's a soggy, greasy pizza, but it's all crispy and it's like, who came up for that one? <laughs> who thought, why? Well, how can we do this? Yeah, let's just batter it and put. No, no, no. Actually, it's just actually just thrown into the in the deep fat. No, you can get the one that said deep fried. Oh my god. Uh, that battered fat. I've tried it. It's not something you tried twice if you like, you know, your arteries. Mm. Mm, yeah, exactly. I can just imagine because it's bad enough when it's just thrown in a deep fat and take it back out. But if it's fucking battered first, it must be rank. But mm. Mm. anyway, um, some deep fried haggis. Who the fuck for? Let's put haggis in, in battered deep fried. A fucker. Jesus Christ. Sorry, I don't even eat haggis. No, I've, I've tried it once. I should just take my uh, my Scottish uh, citizenship and just and my birth certificate and just rip it to pieces because I can't stand haggis. I don't really like iron brew and I'm not ginger. Mm. I mean, I, I'm the same. I don't like haggis. I can't mm-hmm. stand bagpipes. I don't mm-hmm. get why every man should wear a kilt when he's mm-hmm. his wedding. And I'm not too keen on shortbread. So. No, I don't like shortbread. It's too and much I, sugar. Yeah, and I can't stand iron brew. It is utterly disgusting. No, so, and I don't put salt in my porridge either. Mm, no, 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 no. It's just gross. So no. maybe the whole Scottish stereotypes is not a Glaswegian thing. It must be a Highlander thing. Sort of thing. Maybe, maybe, mm. maybe, yeah. Mm. Mm. Don't know. So let's go back to this. So Max gets the the letter and reads it four times, and this gives him a panic attack and anxiety attack that lasts for eighteen hours. Mm. Going, would it last that long? I suppose it depends on the person, you know. Mm. Um, but then again, it's not. It's eighteen hours of a panic attack, but it's also in that eighteen hours he camped down a bit and decided are we going to respond to it or not mm. so but yeah still pretty long for a panic attack yeah, that's, that's very true that's very very true he then writes back to her to explain that he is overweight and has a shrink named dr bernard hazelhoff who tells him that quote a healthy body leads to a healthy mind okay then as he does, what is he, gymnastics on the table? I'm going, what the mm. fuck? I'm like, showing off, Max. Mm. Also, Max has Asperger's, so uh-huh. his mind is not healthy. And I'm going, ah, that's a bit much, isn't it? I mean... Yeah, I mean, mm. he's still got a healthy mind. It's just wild, slightly different, that's all. Mm. I'll go down here. Got off his 70s. If God can't help you, exercise will. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, my God. What was it? What was it? Um... Dr. Kellogg said a healthy body should have at least four chronic, um, what do you call it? Enigmas? No, enigmas. Um, enemas. A day. Yeah. Yeah. A day? Yes, a day. Yes. Yes. Mm. I mean, this is the guy that invented um, uh, the cornflake, of course. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, Kellogg's cornflakes. He also yeah. uh, brought circumcision over to America because he yeah, thought yes. that men shouldn't have pleasure in sex. It should only be for recreation. Um, no recreation um, for reproduction only. So that's why he forced circumcision into America. Apart from logic, clearly a man with an unhappy sex life there. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, mm, 
moving on. Apparently he had mm. something like eight enemas a day or something like that. It was ridiculous. Well then. Mm. That's um, something on, so they didn't need to know. No, exactly. So he also tells her that he met uh, Max that is, has no friends, only his pets, including a parrot and a cat named Hal, who has one eye for some strange reason. Yeah, I like how the Hal is short for halitosis. I was like, oh. come on. Mm, mm. <sighs> he also tells her that his mother told him babies come from rabbis laying eggs, mm. or if you're Catholic, a nun, or if you're an unbeliever, a prostitute. I mean, if that even stranger, Mary grew up to believe they were found in the bottle of uh, mm. beer, I was like, what? <laughs> Oh, just I, a I nun laying the, an egg. I do love the, the rabbi and nuns all have cigarettes as a lady. <laughs> I love that one. That made me quite giggle. Mm. So he goes on to tell her his mother killed herself when he was six after their father ran off. And I'm going, that's dark, isn't it? I mean, Christ. First letter. Yeah, that's a bit. No wonder her mother bent the letter. Like, yeah. Okay, that habit, you know, dark. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he then tells her he spends his days trying to clean up New York. Uh, good luck with that one, mate. It's the 70s, I mean, Christ. <clears throat> and nights uh, playing the lotto, which he's played for nine solid years with the same numbers every single uh, week. Mm. Yeah, I was, I was yeah. just in here, sorry. New York in the 70s was absolutely disgusting apart. It wasn't cleaned up until the 90s, I think it was. Ooh. I mean, there's a podcast I listened to uh, a bit, couple of years back, and we're talking about how disgusting New York was. You would have like mm-hmm. glass all over the streets. You had uh, junk needles, uh, no junk needles, needles and such with mm-hmm. various drugs in them. You had like bottles and the trash was piled up on the streets and such, and it was rats the size of cats. <laughs> how so lovely! New York was utterly disgusting in the seventies and early eighties. Yeah, thank so, goodness they cleaned it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he also tells he was once Jewish, but he's now an atheist. As he's read multiple holy books, and he finds God to be, quote, too unrealistic. Which I yeah, loved. I like it. He's just a figment of our imagination. I just sat there applauding, going, he gets it. <laughs> he then goes on to tell her about the many jobs he's had and how and why he was locked up in an mm-hmm. insane asylum due to acting like a robot while cleaning the streets. I mean, I'm going... Uh, sorry, but that bit had me on the floor howling with laughter. He's going, beep, boop, boop, beep, and all that stuff. I'm going on. <laughs> I was like, when it said to get locked up for that, I was like, my God, he's only entertaining himself, doing not he? he? That's like him doing that. It's like us singing at work. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, I was like, what the yes. harm? But I, it, I felt it was a, a bit of a shame, though, that it showed that all the jobs he's had were all, shall we say, low-skilled, repetitive, you know, not much brain function involved. Mm. I was like, you know, it's a bit of a bit of a dark term to show that, you know, the autistic man only get jobs that, let's face it, a semi-trained monkey could do. So you were saying about monkeys there, sorry? Yes, no, I was saying it's a bit of a shame that the only job he seemed to be capable of getting is one that, you know, you could 
train a monkey to do. Mm, yeah, it's very low-paying remedial jobs that he gets. I mean, I'm going, wow. I mean, I get he's got Asperger's and I get he's a bit of a handful, but come on, give him something else to do than picking up trash and testing foods and whatever else yeah. he's doing. I'm going, hmm. Yeah, and one thing I know, again, from personal experience with autistics, uh, they like the challenge. Like mm-hmm. one of one of my one of my cousins is uh, he's severely autistic. He's self-taught in the guitar. He doesn't just play normal riffs. He can play heavy metal or faster, you know, hit like flash and a monomatha and things like that. All his favorite, he uh, he mimics them perfectly on the guitar i'm like yeah i had guitar lessons and i can't do that mm, mm, you know yeah, I, like yeah. give them something that have a bit of a challenge they thrive in it yeah that's very true i mean i did he, read the most geniuses in the world actually have autism mm. so because that's why they become so ingrained in one subject yeah, I get, yeah, they, they, they fix it on things mm. and they learn everything they can mm. about it. I mean, this same cousin is, all, is also, you know, a semi-genius with computers and game consoles and everything. Mm. Like, mm. I'm slightly jealous. <laughs> yeah, well, moving on. So, mm. nine days later, the letter gets to Mary's. I'm going, why does it take six weeks to get to him, but it takes him nine days yeah. to get to her? Mm. I have no idea. So Mary's mother blows a complete utter gasket as she reads the letter and then she bends it out of sheer spite, which I thought was a bit much. I mean, try talking to your daughter about this thing and why you're into a 44-year-old sort of thing. Yeah, and try speaking to your daughter and being like, why are you so lonely? You're reaching to the other the other end of the world for, you know, a pen friend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, hmm. So next day, she takes... Uh, Mary, that is, takes up the trash and the letter falls out by mistake as the cockerel picks it up and gives it sort of thing. So she reads it that night and boom, the friendship is now born. That night, she writes back on a piece of pork chop paper, which I loved, <laughs> which she finds in the fridge. I mean, I'll yeah. she, she pulls the pork chops and goes, I'll use this to write on. And I'm going, that is disgusting. I mean, I'm like, that's sad. Did her did mother not quote unquote borrow some paper from the pork chop? Mm. Yeah, it also isn't put up paper, greaseproof paper. Therefore, it'd be hard as hell to write on. Yeah. I mean, mm. we covered in blood as well, so it would mm. run everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that night, she's writing the letter back. Um, Max tells her parents don't like the fact that she is writing to this stranger half across the world. So instead, uh, tells them to write it to the neighbour across the street. She writes in a letter, she has no friends either and is bullied heavily in school by a boy. Uh, due to her mother being such a complete lush, she wastes all the money and every one of her teachers hates her. She writes back, can he help her as she as he has ever been bullied himself? And I'm going, wow, that is heavy on the second letter, is it not? I mean, yeah, that's the moment I actually had tears running down my face just as an eight-year-old pouring her heart out to a stranger about how she's bullied at school and told she should smile more and it's like well she's almost thinking I've got nothing to smile for to what mm. the point you know and her mother being the bitch that she is just you mm. know draw a smile on very joker-like you know yeah that so, was disturbing that smile I was like what the fuck yeah mm. yeah that was disturbing yeah, yeah you know yeah. 
I mean, why did the, the bullet picks her? Because she's got a, a, a dot in her forehead, so to speak, and mm-hmm. she's got clothes picked because the mother's too drunk to, to fix her clothing for her. Yeah, yeah to thread the needle. Mm. Wow, I mean, wow, this is dark stuff. Yeah. So weeks and weeks later, uh, Max gets the letter. He has another panic attack. I mean... He reads that she's been teased at school and it cuts to a flashback of him being cornered and beaten up by other boys for being a Jew, mm-hmm. which is kind of pushing the uh, the sort of danger button, is it not? I mean, like I said, this would not be made today. Yeah, but, you know... Cool. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, I was trying to think of another way without repeating myself, but it is very, you know... I mean, yeah, it happened in the 70s. It probably still happens now. I mean, you don't need any to bully anyone, no matter mm. which decade you're in. So, yeah, I yeah, I, I felt it was a little bit. Um, I was a little bit confused as to why her letter would trigger almost these, and we see it with the next letter as well. Um, but why her letter, you know? almost triggers such a dramatic response. I wonder if they were taking artistic license too far with that. But, you know, it almost seems like the <coughs> the reaction, although he's got Asperger, uh, almost still too much. Yeah, yeah, I see it myself. I've seen, okay, this is a bit too much because this meltdown goes on for days mm, later. And, uh, not to, you know, spoil people, but the next one puts them in the asylum, literally. Mm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going, shoot, have a panic attack for a couple of hours, but this is like days and days, days, like you're still having this panic attack. I'm going, maybe you should go back to your doctor and ask him for stronger medication. I mean. Yeah. Mm, and mm. in fact, he's not actually been diagnosed with Asperger's at this part. Um, it's after his stint in the hospital. That he is, so maybe he should have went to his doctor then and said, mm. right, you know, there's something not quite right here. These are normal reactions. Even I kind of know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So here it's back to her saying that, quote, when you die, you will be in control of all the chocolate in heaven. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean... Yeah. I think it was almost a way of making her feel better, just to say, tell them it's made of chocolate, and when you get to heaven, you'll, you know, be the chocolate keeper. Because let's face it, what child doesn't like chocolate? Mm, That's very true. true. He then tells her her diet sucks. He then asks for weight loss tips, because every eight-year-old in Australia knows about dieting tips. (laughs) Who the fuck got that idea? Yeah. But then, the, again, but then again, it could be her childlike mind thinking like that. Let's face it, you know, not many 44-year-olds sit and watch cartoons, like yeah. actual cartoons aimed at children. Yeah, that, that, that's very, very true. I mean, I don't know. It seems to me that he's got to throw stones because isn't he like whole-size chocolate bars and, and hot dog buns and he's clearly obese? And yeah. he's asking this nine, eight-year-old, nine-year-old, she is, girl, oh, do you have a diet tip? You shouldn't be drinking condensed milk because it's bad for you. I'm going, you've got to yeah, he, he, he was asking her if he's getting it in dieting tip for him because everything he's tried is not what, And he doesn't like um, his version of Weight Watcher because 
the hub woman there hitting on them and mm. he, his mind doesn't process that, that hold on to try to be extra friendly, shall we say? Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole rape stuff and the, the elevator was a bit too much, I thought. I was like, mm. oh, that's a bit pushing it there. Um, So he also goes on to tell her that his only other friend is his blind neighbour, Ivy, who makes him soup once a week. Mm. And this Ivy is like a book legend to this movie. I mean, it's <laughs> bizarre. She, oh, I have no idea. We'll go back to her later on in this thing. Yeah. By the way, did you spot Barry Humphrey's character from Shock Treatment in one of the flashbacks? Where he no. has a dream about uh, people who are blind should be made to clean up the streets of New York. Well, that character is Barry Humphrey's character in Shock Treatment. Really? But then again, I've only ever seen Shock Treatment about twice in my life. So. Mm, yeah, next time you watch oh. it, you'll get that reference. He then signs, uh, sends her a frisbee, a chocolate pop rocks, which I'm going to give him chocolate. And then sends her a can of cola. I'm going, wouldn't that be completely flat and potentially dangerous to send out via hair mail? <laughs> I mean, let's face it, all the food they're sending would be completely uh, unedible by the time it gets to Australia or America. So, you know. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's very, very true, actually. Yeah, I mean, it takes, what, nine weeks to get there, so it'd be completely spoiled. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she writes him back a letter to tell him that he she started to put the bull in his place by putting dog shit in a sandpit he plays in. <laughs> made me laugh. I mean, I was like, oh, I was like, you, you go, man. She also has a job delivering flyers for some pizza place to save up money to visit him. And then goes mm. on to give him a diet tip. Don't eat things that start with the first letter of every day to eat, a.k.a. Mm. monies and milkshakes teas for tuna etc etc okay then that would work how exactly yeah but again childlike imagination i like how to go monday you know milky marshmallow and mustard and he's like reading it going oh that sounds interesting i was like yeah no <laughs> step yeah. away from the marshmallow and the mustard <laughs> mm, mm, yeah yeah it's a great diet there maybe you should try it with yeah. them, actually <laughs> 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 lose some weight. yeah yeah um she then tells him that her nine birthday party uh, her dad gave her a camera so she's then sends him a picture of herself and the cast of characters in her neighborhood including mm-hmm. her new best boyfriend damien voiced by eric banner um and the neighbor across the street i've got to put the name down here actually so oops to that one len had it the guy the guy got agoraphobia yes yeah 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 so you've guessed it. Mary's letter sends him into a complete and utter meltdown when she asks about sex and love. And I'm going, okay then. Maybe she'll set some boundaries before asking. Stuff maybe, maybe the maybe even um a, a mother or someone could have took five minutes to tell her things that are appropriate to ask strangers. Mm, you know, exactly. And sex and love. You know, not really high on the list. And maybe I'm just started a bit later on in life. <laughs> Nine, a bit young to be going on about love and sex. Well, love, yeah. Uh, no, but sex, yes. I mean, yeah. uh, back, I'm guessing about 12 or something. You start wondering about sex, but, but love, mm. I mean. Hmm. Yeah, I suppose love, completely different. But the way she was almost putting the two of them together, I was like, hold on a minute, you're freaking nine, love. Hmm, hmm. 
Yeah, so as I says, he has a complete utter panic attack meltdown as he's wandering in New York, pondering what exactly love is. Mm-hmm. He then overeats and it gives him a heart attack, so he has to be lifted up his home in a crane. I'm going, Jesus Christ, mate, just write, write a letter back, say, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't help you, you've put me in complete panic attacks and, yeah. and such. Yeah. So, hmm. Mm. He's then stuck in a, a mental institute for eight months as he is too obese and depressed to continue. Now, that is dark. That, that was, that, that whole, that whole scene was just, I didn't expect, I knew it was going to take a dark turn, but I didn't expect it to turn, to turn so dark so quickly, almost like, you know, turning on a light switch, the way it switched. So I was like, yikes, okay. Mm-hmm. I was like, so one little letter asking about love has suddenly not you into a stupor where you have to be sectioned. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, then. But like you said, on the plus side, he was diagnosed with Asperger's, so... Mm, yeah, that's when silver he <laughs> Exactly, every cloud there. Eh? Mm. So back in Australia, after not hearing from Max for months, Mary has enough of his shit and burns all his letters and goes on with her life. And I'm going, wow. I mean, that is a very disturbing thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, I was, like, I was like, yeah, that's a bit extreme, you know. I, I've heard of cutting people out of your life, but, you know, I've never took, I've never put them on my barbecue and put, you know, turned it on. To get, uh, you know, you like to just turn around and go, okay, that part of my life's over, move on. Not, not dad, where's the match? I'm going to burn all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So eight, another eight months later, after shock treatment, Max is let out of the hospital. He doesn't want to write a letter in case he has another panic attack with the letter she sends him back. And I'm going, wow. So it's been what is that? Two years nearly since I've yeah. written a letter to each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just selfish, frankly. So, hmm. Yeah. However, what... Considering that he's a child he's writing to, mm-hmm. um, and I know he's got a childlike mind, and I can understand that, but you would think that who even his psychiatrist, who was still, I presume, still regularly seen, especially when he was institutionalised, would have said, you know, bear in mind, you have to try, try and understand that this is a child you've been pen paling with and they might not understand, you know, this whole almost two-year gap. Mm-hmm. Mm, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This movie is kind of sketchy with details towards the middle of this movie. It's, it's kind of goes off the rails a little bit. I mean, I'm mm. thinking Max is a selfish person because I used to look, I can't deal with this sort of stuff. Don't really learn again. End of. But he looks are hanging for over two years. I mean, mm. Yeah. So one day, while he's cutting his toenails, which he keeps in a glass jar for reasons, it's disgusting, frankly. Mm. In his bedroom, Max's air conditioning unit falls out the window and it kills a mime. So he's charged with murder, but he's let it go due to be, quote-unquote, a retard. Mm. Ouch. I mean, wow, I guess it's still the, it's, what, the early 80s now? Or is it still the 70s? I mean, mm. Yeah, early 80s, so I guess it's the way they would have categorised them at the time but the amount of times they used that word in this movie I could feel my uh, my blood start to slightly boil it's one of those many words in life you know not really nice don't try not to say it if you can help it you know yeah yeah I mean in my experience it should all be used in a bakery term you know yeah. when you retard 
like a piece of bread or a roll, mm-hmm. for instance. Mm-hmm. But the way they use it in this movie, it's a bit. But again, this is correct for the time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, correct for the time, and you know, I mean, it's like everything else. They take one word that means something else, and mm. you know, we we rework it to make it direct derogatory. So mm. doesn't that actually mean one with limited, not mental capacity, but it's one that someone that's limited in some way? Yes, yes, so, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think in the 70s and 80s in America, it was a blanket term for special needs, you know? So, oh, it still yeah. depends on which part of the world or which part of any city in any world you live in, so, you know. Yeah, that's very true. That's very, very true. Mm. Although, I will say one thing, and I've said this before, I'll say it again, you cannot change the past to the future. No. Just no, because yeah. the past is offensive to you at that this moment doesn't mean like, you have to go back to change it. Otherwise, you will not learn from the mistakes of the past. Oh, I completely, oh, I completely agree. It's like these things now where you watch um, TV and it's something from, say, you know, the early, the late 80s, early 90s, or um, even later back than that, and they go, you know, language you, and, uh, you know, with them basically deemed okay at the time, and you're like, mm. you know, we don't need that. We're all rational human beings who can go, yeah, you don't actually physically mean that what it mean well i don't know because this is the whole cancel culture crap yeah so yes i mean i remember watching a thing on was it netflix or amazon and it it was from 20 years ago and it says the language in this movie is not thought to be good today warning also has cigarettes and alcohol abuse oh for fuck's sake seriously oh my god one of my favorite sitcoms um it's a british sitcom um at the start, I couldn't be bothered walking like the fat, like the one foot to get the DVD copy, put it on on the iPlayer, and that said on a uh, warning offensive language, and I was sat there for a minute going, there's not one swear or derogatory term mm-hmm. in this, what they're on about, and then it said something like uh, offensive behaviour, and I realised that they were just getting that, um, the way one character behaves in it, and I was like, yeah, shit, hold on a minute, but that's quite, you know, typical of, you know, a very small section of society at that time, you know? Mm. It's really, that really annoyed me. I was like, this is offensive, really? Mm, and then yeah. I realised they'd cut out the word, um, the word arse from the movie. It, sorry, the sitcom, I was like, when was arse or swear word? Mm. I mean... I was watching a thing on YouTube, all places, which was the, the fucking bastion of ridiculousness, frankly. Mm. And it was Murdered Children. And that presses it to the max, basically. Well, I did. But I'm actually watching it back today. It's not that offensive. But at the time, yeah. it was very offensive. Um, and what annoys me about YouTube is you can't say certain words like sex. Mm-hmm. Or you can't say suicide has to be unalive yourself which is fucking ridiculous you can't say sex it has to be those the creative naughties wow. or the what is it what the hell's the other one um i can't remember something about naughties and i'm like oh my god that's ridiculous why don't you just use the word suicide sex fucking penis fuck yeah you know, i mean we can't have this completely mollycoddled fucking cotton wool wrapped up generation that's going to be completely fucked to me i mean like, let's face it 
uh, anyone that uh, an early teen or a child now, if they carry on with the, you know, cancel culture, you can't say this. Uh, basically, you can't call a spade a spade. Mm. Then they're going to grow up to be very unequipped. in life. I mean, frankly. Yeah. And unequipped for the real world, let's face it. You know, mm. it's like, like, whatever happened. I mean, we grew up with, you know, fuck, cunt, sick, or uh, whatever. And, you know, for for the most part, at least when we were calling anyway, we sound like well-rounded humans, you know? Mm. Like, never did us any harm. I mean, we grew up in the 90s, which mm. was the most racist, homophobic, bloody... Uh, version of society to this to date and it's the most yeah. disgusting and we turn out reasonably okay humans because we're completely balanced and but the way this is all oh, because you can't say this can't say this can't say this can't say this it's going to completely fuck up an entire generation it is it is it's, it's just gonna this whole oh you can't it's like why not it's like it annoys me it's like my my um my neighbour, very young son, said to me the other day, Joanne, why do you not have a husband? And I just went, because I don't find men attractive. Mm. And he looked at me and he went, well, why do you not have a wife then? And his mum looked at him and went, you can't say that. And I'm like, you can say what you're right. You've got a valid point. Why do I not have a wife? And I looked at him and went, why do I not? <laughs> like, mm. Do you see them queuing up? Because I don't. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, I was like, just because you're offended by it doesn't mean to say I am. And mm. your child has clearly got the wrong, the right side of mind. Or, all right, that makes sense. So, uh, where's your wife? You know. Mm. I mean, last Halloween I tweeted out something ridiculous. Like, is that about time? No, it's not last time. It's the previous Halloween. Is that about time we stop having slutty, whatever the costume is, like slutty mm. cop, slutty nurse, slutty doctor, slutty da 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 da? It's something to great offence saying, "How dare you, a man, talk down to a woman like that?" And I'm like, "No, I says nothing to do with gender." I says, isn't it about time we deal with slutty nurse, slutty doctor, mm-hmm. slutty whatever it was, teacher, reverend, whatever it was, and go back to the scary Halloween? Yeah, or the song. generic Halloween costume, mm. rather than putting, rather than sexualizing everything. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I've been, saying, I've been saying that for years, so like, yeah. who the hell wants Halloween just to be, you had to dress up in something scary because... Date their way back to its origin. That's mm-hmm. what warmed off the evil spirit. You yeah. know? So yeah. that's the whole taking that. I can see taking that and sort of cartooning it for children that I can just about get. But, yeah. you know, turning everything into to do with sex, I'm like, grow the fuck up. Yes, exactly. It's ridiculous. I mean, but you know, actually, she hit me with a full rant about how dare you a man talk about this and things i was waiting here love did i ever mention the word female outfits i said sexy whatever it was and how dare you just assume that i'm this knuckle dragging idiotic neanderthal man i am a fucking gay man yeah how dare you think and she goes oh well how do i know you're gay i'm like uh did you read anything on my profile page you fucking bitch (laughs) fuck off you stupid cow Anyway, like, hold on, I'll get my boyfriend to clarify that, for fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Excuse me, well, I, I removed this dick from my mouth, sort of thing. It's like, <laughs> God, I'll polish my fucking rainbow flag for you. <laughs> God almighty. I mean, I'm really pissed off. How dare you talk to me about, about women stuff like that? I'm like, wait a minute, when did I mention women? I didn't. Mm. You just jumped on the whole feminist bandwagon. Yeah. 
and then try to beat over the head with your fucking shield of oh I'm offended therefore I must be right fuck off you bitch I mean uh, if it's just because you're offended that's a problem on you not a problem on what I said I hate that when people take what you say and like whip shit to fit their own mind it's like fuck off yeah she's sitting on a little victim fucking victimhood horse going oh you can't touch me I want, I want my ivory tower with my, my shield of offensiveness like oh fuck off press off me anyway moving on back to this movie <clears throat> <laughs> so it's Max's 48th birthday and he wins a lottery he wins so much money he buys and a lifetime supply of chocolate bars and a complete noble collection but he feels empty so he gives his neighbour Ivy a huge sum of mon- money which she blows by getting her teeth fixed and such and getting her eyes fixed yeah. she then, actually she doesn't get her eyes fixed she just buys glasses and I'm like you're still, right? Right. We, still yeah, see, we still see you walking about with you know blind but okay hmm. So she dies in a jetpack accident, which made me laugh. I couldn't stop laughing at it. I was like, oh my god. She leaves money to a cat shelter, but the guy runs away with it with his large breasted blonde bimbo, which I loved. So mm. He's driving around in a sports car with the the blonde with a huge breast. I'm going, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> so two years later, he writes her, uh, Mary, that is a letter saying what, what everything that happened to him within the, the two years. In the letter, he also writes uh, he was diagnosed with Asperger's and he goes on to tell her uh, the symptoms of it that he has, such mm. as taking things too literally. And, uh, like, for instance, if a sign says take a chair, he will take a chair. Literally yeah. take a chair. <laughs> Joke him on the subway with the chair. I was yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, if you look closely at the background, you can spot the director's Oscar winning. Uh, Harvey Crumpet character in a shop. Ah, okay. So I'll never have that one. Uh, where was I now? Da, 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 da. Also in a letter, he tells her um, his favourite words are bumblebee, banana and testicle. <laughs> which is a bizarre mixture of words, isn't it? I'm going to get it. Okay. He then says he invented a new word called, called confuzzled, which is a mixture of confused and puzzled. Mm. Also snurt which is snowy dirt and other random words I'm going okay then so conflama would be one of yours you know <laughs> um, what else have we got here uh, I can't remember what words off the top of my head but these ridiculous words maybe one so back in Australia Mary is now 11 and she was thrilled to get this letter however she gets the idea to send Max tears because he wrote in the letter he can't cry yeah uh, and I'm going, okay, that's a bit weird. I mean, hmm, I don't get, what do you think about that scene? I mean, it's a bit, I, I, you think by 11 she would have matured enough to realise that sending tears are the way. And I thought it's also, you know, very, how can you put it? It's almost a bit of a dick move, like, look what I can produce and you can. Um, mm. But... <clears throat> In a way, I thought, okay, if she was nine doing that, I could understand the childlike innocence, yeah, sweet move. But a nine-year-old, you're like, yeah, you're old enough to know, you know, that that's not how it works. And although you can't physically show it, he might have actually been offended by getting these tears. Mm, Yeah, yeah, I mean, I have no idea, but... (sighs) 
it just seems to be like this is a bit like I said this middle part of the movie is a bit over the shot it's like a scar shot thing and it mm-hmm. doesn't really work I mean you know I almost feel like they're trying to fit in a much if much of the autistic like Berger creates in and mm-hmm. then fit the plot line to um to almost show that so like yeah people with autism especially Asperger can't they can't they cannot physically show emotion so in theory yeah they can't cry again mm. my friend Lynette uh, got uh, um, Asperger her father died many 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 years ago I went to the funeral because she asked me to go for moral support mm-hmm. that girl looked like she was just on a shopping trip. I looked at her and went, oh my God, I'm so, are you? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine, perfectly fine. And I looked at, and then she went, well, I'm not fine, but I can't cry, I can't physically show it. And I was like, right, I get you. You know, but on the outside, you know, it could have been a normal day out for her. Mm. It's mm. just that it's, it's a weird one. Like my cousin had it like that. Her mother recently died and yeah. He, considering his mother did everything for him, that boy could not show, that boy could not shed even one tear if he wanted to at a funeral. Mm, okay, then. okay then. It's a weird one. It's a bit like how I imagine people that are born without tear ducts feel. Mm, you know, mm, they feel yeah. upset, but, you know, can't show it. So let's lighten this up a little bit here. I love the fact that Mary uses her mother's hemorrhoid cream and just pours it out and then collects the tears <laughs> Ah! That, little, that made me laugh I went oh god oh. she then sends it to Max and boom their friendship is now renewed mm. as I know she continues to ask stupid little things like why do sheep not shrink in the rain <laughs> why is belly button flint always blue which is not true because you can get different yeah. colours it's like brown black and green yellow mm. color, your t-shirt is why doesn't a taxi driver give you money if you if reverses down a road I mean, <laughs> that was quite funny. I was like, yeah, she kind of got a point. <laughs> mm. Mm. But, mm. yeah. So he then writes her a letter, agreeing with her. And then he then says, Einstein only has two things correct in the endlessness of the universe and man's stupidity. Mm. Okay, then. So years go by and Mary is now a teenager in the 80s and his love of Damien. Also, this is the, where was it now? The 8th of August, 1988. Her dad dies after retiring the following day. He dies in a tsunami while yeah. looking for metal on a beach, which made me laugh. I went, oh God, that's so tragic and so sad. <laughs> I, love I was just that, like, it's so ironic the day he gives up taxidermy, the day he dies. Mm, yeah, I mean, I love the fact how they bury a, a flip-flop and the metal detector. I'm like, oh, that's so tragic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so uh, dark humour. It's like, oh, dear, oh, dear. So uh, her dad left her money in his will, so Mary goes to university and learns about mental illness. So during which she gets her quote-unquote poo-stained birthmark removed and now has the confidence to ask Damien out. He points out she had what was it? Dog shit on her shoe mm. and it completely destroys her whole being which I think well, I went, God, that is really dark. I mean, it's like... Yeah, she went oh. from having the dog poo-coloured mark on her forehead all her life to get rid of that feeling good and then going, actually you'll get 
dog shit on your shoe. It's like, ah, oh, I've just got rid of one and now there's another. Mm. Although I do love the fact she she's kind of like um, Sandy from Greece with the old dolled up hair stuff. <laughs> yeah. And he just goes, you've got dog shit in your shoe. And I'm like, wow. I mean. Yeah. Actually, the most word that character beat in the movie that in that small little scene and it cut down by, you get dog shit in your shoe off. Mm. Mm-hmm. So she writes, writes another letter to Max and she tells him, she wasted all her money getting the buffer removed and wishes she saved it to visit Max. And that was like, wow, that is heartbreaking. I mean, mm. I'm guessing um, birthmark surgery, removal surgery isn't cheap. I would imagine so. I have no idea. Mm. Mm. And here is the piece of controversy. In her husband's shed, Vera quote-unquote accidentally drinks embalming fluid thinking it's sherry. Now, it says on director's commentary that like, this could have been removed because apparently when it was shown in America, people were thinking she deliberately killed herself, but it's supposed to be she mixed up the two balls because it didn't look alike. So what's your feeling on this thing? Did she kill herself or was it an accident? I don't think she killed herself. I, I just um, watched it. I just interpreted it as she was so drunk she knocked over the sherry bottle and didn't realise. Hmm. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. they're so different, even in the blood, though, that uh, when it kind of tries to show us her POV and you see them blooding, they're so different that you couldn't actually mix them up. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. So now all alone, all Mary has is a candy love heart that Max sent her saying, love yourself first. And that was truly truly heartbreaking oh my god that mm. is completely sad that was very heavy for max to have obviously understood the significance and sending that to her and what it would have done for her confidence mm. Mm. yeah yeah and in the words of rupaul if you can't love yourself how can you love someone else but exactly. don't love yourself too much because you're a complete fucking arsehole i mean <laughs> I've watched a smug. Oh, I love myself so much. Fuck off, you prick. You know. So, yeah. So she has him back saying that she is now married to Damien and her wedding day was perfect. And so was the honeymoon. I'm going, okay then. Red flag, however, as Damien loves boy George and made Mary's wedding dress. Also has a secret sheep farmer pen pal. Oh dear, mm-hmm. dear. Yes, we kind of saw the end into that coming quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So not to worry, she jumps his bones in bed. I love the sex scene, just cuts the blood. Oh, you hear the occasional Mary. Mm. Yeah, yeah. She passes the rest of the flying colours and even writes a book about Max and his condition, mm. which she sends him a copy of. Also, a letter telling him she'll come to see him in about two weeks. This sends Max into an extreme rage as he completely destroys the book. Saying, writing a letter saying that he feels betrayed by Mary. He is confuzzled and doesn't uh, want, want to do with her. He then rips out the M from the typewriter and sends it to her saying that their friendship is now completely finished. It's over. Mm. And I was going, so she spent years uh, researching mental health and you just go completely ape, ape, ape shit because um 
It's not so much that. It's like he states earlier in the movie that he doesn't feel like he doesn't feel ill, like it's something they had to cure or be cured of. So for her to then not only use him as the case subject for her dissertation and her book without permission, but then to write a book and then the book say how they're going to work towards trying to cure it, cure something he doesn't want to be cured of for a start, something he doesn't see as a problem, then, yeah, I can understand his betrayal, his anger. I suppose that's very I true. someone writing a book on homosexuality and going like, this is how we're going to try and cure homosexuality. We'd all be going, hold on a fucking minute. Who yeah. says it had a, a disease and who says I want fucking curing? Yeah, that's very true. Although, to be fair to Mary, she was doing it out of the kindness of her heart. There's yeah. no maliciousness in this. Yeah, but... I, under, I understand that. Like, she, it says she first went to uni to study it in order to understand it better. And then, yeah, she was trying to do the helpful thing of, well, how can you help? You know, not Max, but people like Max, other future Maxes to come. And it's like, well, first of all, maybe someone, one of our tutors should have said, well, first of all, ask them if they want the help. They might not. Mm. Mm. You know? Mm. Yeah, exactly. Although to be fair to to Mary here, Max has been having meltdowns and panic attacks for days and weeks and all that stuff. Mm. So maybe it's down to him also. Maybe he should sort of learn to I don't know, control his feelings sort of thing. So just flying off the handle and yeah. go into a complete panic attack and panic modes and such. He so sh- mm. he should he should be um talking to his therapist or his mm-hmm. therapist should have just mentioned straight off the bat to him coping mechanism for when his breakdowns are happening you know um so that's like one-on-one of what they should have been saying straight off the bat uh, when you feel overwhelmed this is what you have to do mm-hmm. not throw valium at him as we see and tell him you know take that and you'll be fine yeah 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 exactly exactly so he sent her a letter as i said with the letter m from his typewriter and mm. the pom-pom that she sent him years earlier for his little uh, what the hell was no, that? No, he keeps the pom pom. No, he's, I, I'm gonna yeah, he's got it on at the end of the movie. When yeah, but she sends writing. it back. Does she? Yeah, yeah, she sends it back to him. Mm. Um, what the hell is that little Jewish hat thing called? I can't remember. Oh my god, he said what it was called. I should oh. know this. My, my, my real father's Jewish. Oh I have god. no idea. I was I just pissed off at the entire Jewish population. <laughs> oh dear god. Anyway, moving on swiftly before we get fucking. Letters saying how are you anti-Semitic? Anyway, we want. <clears throat> we are uh, not anti-Semitic. We are just ignorant to what the name of the little hat is. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, by the way, she becomes relatively successful and famous off this book, and mm. she has money like thousands of dollars. However, he writes now, like, "Don't come to New York at any any point at all because I don't want you anywhere near me in New York." And this sends her into a deep, dark depression. As you can see, like show storm clouds surrounding her, she mm. thinks of killing herself. Yeah. And I'm going, but, wow. Yeah, it's like she's lost her only friend, and she's truly upset someone. Mm. I mean, I mean there's fact, nothing worse than upsetting someone when you didn't mean to offend them than upsetting someone, and then them going right, that's it, their friendship's over, done, skip it. You know. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. Other fact, she's standing on a a paper mulcher, about to throw her entire life's work into the mulcher, and she stops and realizes, nope, 
this is what I'm going to send out. I don't care. This is my life's work. This is my mm. my um, ultimate thing. No, she does, she does, mul- she does shred it all because we see part of the book flying up. Oh, okay. I thought there was only one book she threw because how no, is... she she doesn't. She just gives up and her all everything she studied for for the last many years at uni. Mm, okay, because okay. it does then cut to a local supermarket as she picks up the same brand of sherry her mother drunk. Mm. Uh, drunk, yeah. yeah. And then hits the bottle hard and sticks into an even deeper depression. And this is where the movie kind of is too dark for its own good, I feel. Mm, yeah, I agree. I mean, not even the quote-unquote bright light of colour in her life, a.k.a. Damien, can cheer her up as she sinks more and more and more into darkness and depression as she sees visions of her mother's dead body, dead face rather, facing back at her in a mirror. I'm going, wow, that's dark. Yeah, it's like the representation of realising she's turning into a mother. The last thing she probably wanted to do was to be like a mother and she finds herself doing exactly that you know mm-hmm. she's just the same drunk recluse her mother is and mm-hmm. our, our marriage is almost turning out like a mother and father where they are you know they're together and they're under the same roof but they don't they they wouldn't they would be as well not being mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. i mean it's it's quite dark i mean yeah drunk enough that mary sends max a can of spaghetti with i'm sorry written on it because apparently chocolate spaghetti was a thing that he told her to make. Chocolate spaghetti. Yeah, that's an interesting combination right there. So, mm. so back in uh, America, the now extremely morbidly obese gets the note, but doesn't take mm. any, any um, just throws it aside sort of thing. I mean, mm. yeah, he leaves it unopened and thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So for days later, I completely schnozzled Mary Stagger from the mailbox back to her house. I think he let me max write her back, but there's nothing until one day he actually writes her back. But it's not from, yeah, the letter rather, it's not from Max, it's from Damien writing from New Zealand to tell her he left her as he has a gay husband sort of thing in New Zealand. Yeah. As he, he walked fell in love months. with his pal and went to, hmm. yeah. As it's been months and months since he left Mary, I'm going, wow, she was that drunk, she realised she was alone and her husband fucked off weeks earlier. I mean, did she not even realise, hold on, he's not come back when he said he would? Hmm. You know? I mean, it's hmm. ridiculous. Yeah, um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going, she didn't realise that. I mean, A, wouldn't you sober up? Briefly, in order to get more booze from the supermarket, and where you get the money from? I mean, I get you were a successful novelist, but as if you say she destroyed every copy of her book, where she fuck she? It may, yeah, it makes it look like she destroyed every copy. So how's she making the money to fund all mm. that alcohol? Unless she's um, turned completely into her mother and she's borrowing it. Mm, yeah, exactly. So I just thought she destroyed one book. And she it said made the rest it look like she. It made it look. It, it looked like to me like she destroyed them all, but that doesn't make sense. How would she be earning money? Hmm. I suppose that's true. I mean, like I say, I just assumed it was one book she destroyed, and she just sent the rest out, and that was that. I said mm, she could yeah. all this money, so there was that one. Anyway, moving on. Mm. Uh, back in New York, are now completely insane, Max writes an angry letter to the mayor 
about drag queens dropping their cigarette ends and he demands something to be done, such as increasing the fine for a million dollars per cigarette bud. Wow. <laughs> wow. Why not? Like that in Scotland? My God. <laughs> <laughs> There'd be a hell of a lot of people with a fine. Mm. Oh, good God, yeah. Yeah, my lords are around here, Christ. Oh, the cigarette buds around here. It's ridiculous. Mm. I'm where I live. Jeez. Oh my god, wow. so, so since everybody smokes outside because you can't smoke inside anymore. Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah. Like, I, I reckon <laughs> to do that in Scotland, um, littering with cigarette butters would get worse because there's always some smart person, shall we say, that thinks, yeah, they'll not catch me and do it anyway. Or, yeah, thing. watch me, I don't have a million pounds to pay that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the same with, with um, dog shit. You're supposed mm. to pick up your dog shit, or, or it's a sixty-five-pound fine. I mean, yeah. the times you walk through a park and there's big piles of stuff, it's like Jesus. You ever had to pick this stuff up after you've crying out loud? My God, yeah. my my neighbour next door for a fucking month, um, almost every day I had to knock it on, be like, "You want to come and clean up after your dog in my front garden?" Yeah, like, it's so so uh, disgusting. Like, yeah, you know. I wouldn't mind if that garden wasn't a fucking memorial garden to my sister. Mm. Get Benchy and everything in it, all got her name, you know, engraved on. I would like get it fucking cleaned. Mm. Yeah, I mean it's 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 just a disgusting thing. It's like no, no. I always I I always say people with pets should be vetted, and if they are they can't look after themselves, they shouldn't be in charge of any animal, no matter if it. Yeah. Uh, a cat, a dog, or a goldfish, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and exactly. everything in between, you know, because some people you just think, how can you look after that dog? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, that's ridiculous. But I mean, let's go back to this movie. Yes, so he's trying to on. write, yeah, he tries to write the, the letter to the mayor, but things out his tape are run out of ribbon. So he goes to a shop to buy more ribbon. And I'm going, a typewriter ribbon in the late 80s? I don't think so. I mean, wouldn't it be computers by then? I mean, do you know what I'm saying? That would have been until the 90s, so maybe there was some typewriters. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I I imagine um, computers were a rarity then. Mm. Yeah, that's very true. So he finds the bum outside of his house has dropped his cigarette butt, and he tries to kill this poor guy and all but chokes the living life out of him. For mm. dropping his cigarette butt, and the last words he managed to squeak out is "I'm sorry," and he snaps out of it. I'm going, "Wow! If he's that dangerous, why is he walking around the streets?" Yeah. I mean, uh, if he can fly in an average like that, why is he still walking around the streets? His psychiatrist would have picked up on that by by what was it 10, 12, 15 years of therapy? Yeah, and why he not got you know support like <laughs> you know support workers and and you know, um, an adult like social worker and things like that to look after him, take mm-hmm. him out if he's that uh, if he's that bad that he can't function in daily life without you know, let's face it, attempting to murder folk just for dropping cigarette butts mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah So after two days of thinking what to do, Mary writes Ma- sorry, Max writes Mary a letter and gives her his entire novel collection and then puts on his creepiest forced smile and takes a picture of himself and then posts it mm. and I'm going wow I mean wow mm. so yeah that that was kind of creepy yeah I mean it's going 
I, I don't get the whole bit. Of, oh, I can't smile. I don't, I don't know what a smile is. Really, mate, you're 40 odds, 50 years I old. I mean, you know what a smile is. He just doesn't understand any capacity where a smile would be the appropriate thing, almost. So to, he doesn't realise that when you're happy, you can physically show it on your face. So when he looks up to book to see what it looks and forces it, it, it was almost like if you've ever really, truly pissed someone off and you look at you look at them and you go are we okay now and you can tell behind the eyes they're planning your murder but their face you know they try and fake a smile to make you feel like yeah we're okay mm, yeah, it was exactly. like that i got that vibe from it when he when he put that smile on yeah the the whole shark tooth grin mm, sort of thing it's like oh, yeah run away sort of thing mm. So weeks later, the parcel reaches Australia, but Mary is in a drunken stupor and doesn't hear the mailman who just leaves outside her doorstep. So two days later, a now drunken Mary finds a bottle of Valium belonging to her late mother and takes a handful of these pills and puts a, a noose around her neck and then tries to kill herself. But unbeknownst to her, she's carrying Damien's baby. Mm. Out in here, when and how did she fall pregnant? Because it's been months since he moved out, and it's been months since they first had sex. So how is she pregnant? Oh God, no! I mean, we're not even told it's Damien. She is by this point, sadly, uh, an alcoholic. It could be anyone. Mm. I mean, I've gotten here though. I had sex once on her honeymoon years earlier. And that was the only time she got to have sex with him. So how is she pregnant? I mean, I have mm. no idea. Mm. So as Kesarasa replays, Mary's burned world turns to black as photographs of her loved ones start to attack her, including her mother, her father, and various other things. I'm mm. going. That is really dark. I mean, yeah, that was uh, quite that was quite disturbing. Um, I was not expecting it to take that darker turn where, you know, she tries to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's really dark and really disturbing. Last minute, however, her neighbour, her old neighbour across the street, uh, comes out of his house and gives her the parcel that was outside for, from Max. This is a huge deal as he's agoraphobic and has mm-hmm. been for 45 plus years. Yeah. Now, there's an alternative ending to this part. In this movie, he crosses the road perfectly fine, but in the other ending, he gets hit by a car and killed instantly. So, wow. okay then. <laughs> that is not the ending I saw. And like I said, there's an alternative ending on the DVD, and that's the alternative ending, that he gets killed by a, a speeding car, and Mary's only friend is now dead. So it's, wow, that's dark. But they changed it last second and had it, he buried. That he just get over his, yeah. Mm. Wow. So Mary now has a new lease on life, including an entire collection of noblets, even though she has a whole bottle of volume and booze in her system, but moving on swiftly. Mm. That doesn't affect the child at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it kind of it did. Did you look closely at what that child looks like when we get to see it? Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Although, did you did you notice that nothing in this movie is straight? It's all at weird angles. There's not yeah. a straight line to be found in this entire movie. Yeah, so, and I heard that that was kind of deliberate. Mhm. Mhm. Mm. Quite yes. a cool angle to give it on. Yes. Angle, but 
Yeah, yeah. She reads Max's letter of how he forgives her because she's imperfect and so is he and so is the world. Except he now accepts himself fully, warts and all, and he has mm. thanked her for for he was so that she was his only true friend. That hopefully one day they'll finally meet and they can share a, con, a can of condensed milk. Now, by the way, I forgot to mention, as you mentioned earlier, the sexed up um, girlfriend, friend uh-huh. at the Overeaters Anonymous thing who pretty much rates him on the, on the lift. I'm going, wow, you know, I mean. Yeah, mm. no wonder he looked, you know, frozen with fear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I was going, wow, love, you should be in jail for that. I mean, this guy has... The uh, mental capacity yes. of a child, that's, you know, that's not that's not right. Mm. Mm. So a year later, Mary has her life back, to, back together and she's now perfectly fine. She has a new baby on tour. And she goes to visit uh, Max in New York. He couples outside of his apartment as the old bag lady has a sign saying, keep your money. I just want to change, don't we all love? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I just want change, rather. Uh. Yeah, don't we all love? I mean, hmm. Uh. Mary takes the lift to uh, Marx's house, finding him dead in his favourite armchair, staring up at the picture of Mary after finishing a can of condensed milk. And he, she looks up and finds out all the letters are on the ceiling that he received from her. Thousands of them, like hundreds of them at least. She then replaces the M back in the typewriter as she tours the apartment and finds all the stuff that she has sent over the years, including um, the little jar of, of tears. And I was going, wow, that's that's um, bittersweet, is it not? Mm, yeah. So as tears fall down her face, the camera pulls out on the New York skyline as credits roll. Now, there's an even more disturbing version of this where she kicks the door down and finds out Maxie's long dead body eaten by the cat. Oh, wow. So there was an even more disturbing version of this because apparently you're supposed to believe he died minutes before she opened the yeah, door. She, yeah. So mm. there's a really dark ending uh, out there. I was, when it, when it first showed her creeping over that door, I was thinking he's going to have been dead for ages and then... Yeah, it looked like he'd literally just died as she opened the front door. I was like, okay, wasn't it a bit to that? I was mm. expecting a little bit of a darker ending. Yeah, yeah. Although, what was your thought of the whole, he's got all the letters on the ceiling, and she just watches the letters, reads the letters rather, as he dies? I think it, I think it, I thought it was a bit between little bit creepy and almost a little bit sweet like for him to realise that you know you know he's about to die but almost remembering he did have one friend in the world mm-hmm. that's all he ever wanted so he's obviously spent his last moment reading them and remembering all the you know conversation via letter that came with whatever was written mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah just very true although very part true. of me would, would think it was like creepy if you know you turned up to someone's house and everything you'd ever said to them was plastered on the wall i mm. must admit i think i would back out slowly and be like yeah there's a very fine line between friendship and obsession mm. 
yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. But I suppose Max is supposed to be the mind of a, I don't know, ten year old. So uh, sweet, more than mm, obsessive. Yeah, you know, so. yeah, that's why I got it. I got it sweet. I didn't think it was. Um, I didn't think it was obsessive in any way. I just thought it was sweet. Although I was more unnerved by the fact that Mary sat down cradling her newborn child, whatever that thing was meant to be. It looked like a bit like a shaved monkey, but that's just me. Mm. Um, and started holding Max's deceased hand. I was like, shouldn't you be calling the relevant authority and yeah. getting your child away from a cop? Hello, cops, you can't hurt you. They're not dangerous in any way, but you know, just, mm. you know, yeah, I shouldn't be going down on one, you know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So let's wrap this up. So that was Mary and Max, a bittersweet, dark comic tale about how you have to love yourself, warts and all. You can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. And no matter how shit you think your life is, someone out there has it even more worse than you do. This won't be for everyone, as I says. This is a very uh, hot topic button sort of thing. Uh, the, I love the fact how this has the the brown world and the black and white world, mm. and there's no colour in either of these worlds because that's how they see the world. It's, there's no colour at all. There's no joy in the world. It's just their own misery, and that is the dark, comedic twist that will put most people off. However. Give this thing a chance, look deeper, and you'll be charming by this bug nuts little movie that sadly went under the radar. What do you say about this thing? Yeah, I've got to agree. I mean, for uh, I mean, uh, such a visually unique and emotional little gem of a film. I'm glad you recommended it because I gone. I would have been through the rest of my life not knowing this movie existed. I mean, it's one of those movies where it dare to be, you know, equal part funny and sad, you know, poignant and movie, and sometimes moving even even, and sometimes all in the same scene. Um, uh, so unapologetically bleak from the very start but I think that's why I like it not in a morbid way but the tone it gives and then you get the little flickers of hope Um, you know it's one of those movies where it really deserves to be more widely recognised than it actually is and for the fact that it has mixture between claymation and stop motion that little universe that's being created to feel completely real, completely breathtaking. I'm a sucker for stop motion and things like that anyway. Um and the details they they got into the history, you know, just pause it every now and then and see all the little all the little quirks and things to put into the history to work of art on its own. Mm-hmm. Um what else? Um uh, to be honest, I wasn't expecting it to be so dark like I I knew I had a feeling when you first told me bits about it, it was going to take that, but I didn't think it was going to be. I I didn't think it was going to end in such a dark tone as it did, where you know Matt Matt quite literally ate himself to death, mm. and Mary Mary tried to kill herself the year before. Those were bits that you know it kind of hurt hurt to the bone a bit more than it should. Um, but. I think I like that why I liked it because it 
it wasn't trying to be like every other stop motion claymation movie out there. It's just different, and this is it, you know. Mm. Um, it's you know the uh, bluntly honest, and I like that. And uh, it's one of those films where once you see it, you're not really going to forget it in a hurry. Mm. Um, and let's face it, Tony Collette's voice acting in this is perfection you know mm. the the even even though she voices the older mary she still kind of plays that innocent and inquisitive nature of mary that's almost like we're still watching the eight-year-old it's great i can't fault it at all mm, yeah yeah i mean honestly this is not for everybody i mean if you're no. easily easily offended then avoid mm. it like a fucking plague because Definitely. this will put you in a tailspin like one of max's uh, meltdowns sort of thing but this is a very, as I say, is a very bittersweet, dark comic twist mm. on love yourself, but don't love yourself too much sort of thing. So let us just score us out of five, one being dog shit and five being solid gold. I'm going to give this thing a full on five out of five. So would you give it? Yeah, I'm giving it five too. You know, not everyone's cup of tea, but it's certainly mine. It's- mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, if you can find this thing, then watch it mm. and watch it again and watch it again and then judge it and watch yeah. it again. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, because what it says, I watched this about six times before I actually realised what the thing was about. I just thought it was about uh, Asperger's and depression and loneliness, but it's actually more than that. It's about loving yourself, flaws and all. Mm, definitely. Which, this world bloody well needs i mean nothing but this whole instagram perfect shite because it's all fake it's all filtered love yourself for yourself you know definitely don't try to follow and be a carbon copy of everyone else in the world just be yourself mm. what's yeah. and all yeah yeah exactly exactly because that little picture that they've took six to two thousand times of has been filtered, refiltered, filtered some more, and mm-hmm. then slapped on with a plastic sheen, and that is one second of their otherwise boring, mundane life. All yeah. you see is the perfectness of the of their life. Nobody is perfect in this godforsaken planet, so go with yourself. Frankly. That's it. That's it. Exactly. Anyway, let's wrap this up, shall we? So thank you for listening. Now don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. And follow us on Twitter at Two Geeks Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod, and you can follow Joanne on Twitter at Two Geeks Joanne. Okay, we also have a Facebook slash Instagram Two Geeks Talk Movies. So give us a couple of likes on that. We also have an email address if you want to send us a movie request to Two Geeks Talk Movies at gmail.com. Now, next podcast will be a Nosferatu, mm. which is interesting. Yeah, and I can't wait. Then we have a Hexen, which I believe is Swedish for witchcraft. Yeah. So there we have that one. And these will be interesting movies, as these are silent films, and I've never actually uh, reviewed a silent movie before, so mm. it's been an experience. It will be. Right, then. All I can say is a goodbye, and don't forget, if you can't love yourself, how can you love someone else? Just don't love yourself too much, you'll go blind. Bye!